Hello and welcome to the Good Boba Andy's Season 3, Episode 15. 15. 15. It's almost time for another season or something. I think it must be. Yeah, it must be time for another season. Um, now, let's address the elephant in the room. Okay. Uh, I wasn't on this one. You recorded, is, you recorded a cheeky one. Uh, I think this the is first... This good, good Robot Andy episode. The first instance um, so far when you've gone off record and done one with somebody else <laughs> this is my solo beginning of my solo career solo well it's a collaboration with another collaborator and who is that collaborator um the, my, the other collaborator is kathy bacon okay uh with whom who listens to the show and enjoys it and uh, fairly often uh discusses things with me um and she says very interesting things so i thought it'd be worth uh discussing something with her and recording it cool okay so, um, on with the podcast. So, yeah, we'll be back for a bit of discussion after it, but oh, here we, it is. Actually, actually, do you want to say what okay. it's about? <laughs> oh, I guess we could. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly about uh, Blade Runner 2049. Cool. Um, although the conversation wanders all over the place. All right. I'll see you after so we'll the be back, uh, podcast. We'll be back after the uh, Under the Fold. Excellent. After the thing. Speak to you then. Bye, listener. Okay, so I'm here with Kathy Bacon, uh, who I know listens to the Good Robot Andes from time to time, Indeed. and uh, who are, uh, with whom I've had various interesting conversations about films. Uh, and since we find ourselves in the same place, um, I thought it would be interesting to talk about things. And the film that we've been talking about recently is Blade Runner 2049. So I wanted to take the opportunity to ask Kathy. Uh, what she thinks about Blade Runner 2049 and try and repeat some of the things we were saying to each other about it in a really natural way. <laughs> so, Cathy, tell me what you think of the film generally. Uh, what, what your impression of it was. Yeah, so I really enjoyed it. Um, I watched the original Blade Runner a few days before I went oh, yeah, to cinema. Which was to a see. really good idea. Yeah, it was a really good idea because basically I'm not one of these people who's watched the original Blade Runner. 50 times, I've seen it maybe a couple of times, appreciated it. How did it, um, it was it emotionally important to you, the original? No. Okay. I, 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 I appreciated it, yeah, right, I thought right. it was a great piece of work, mm-hmm. but it wasn't one of those um, foundational <laughs> things. Um, yeah, so I went to cinema and was, and I don't go to cinema very often, so firstly, just to go to the cinema is a treat. It was very exciting. As I was saying, yeah, it's yeah. exciting for me to well, go to... Well, because you went to IMAX, I went you? to the IMAX. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's which amazing. Which was like, wow, this must yeah. be good, because yeah. it cost so much money. <laughs> so, um, but I just, I just thought it was stunning, visually. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know, the, the music was so well... It fitted in so well with the original, but was also its own thing. Yeah. It was just visually stunning. And I was really caught up in the story and I thought there were lots of really interesting things about it and I was on the edge of my seat so yeah really enjoyed it cool and what I wanted to talk about it so my other half right, had been right, to yeah, see right. it the day before because we've started doing this now so you'd have to get a babysitter so um, <laughs> oh you go on alternate nights yeah <laughs> that's a good idea yeah so I think um so and you know so then you know we were desperate in fact maybe I went first anyway once we'd both seen it we were desperate to talk about it and spent a long time you know talking about it when we should have been in bed so that's interesting because my experience of it was when I walked out I couldn't say anything yes no it takes a while yeah it's quite overwhelming yeah 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 yeah. no I and I still when we were talking about it I thought I was thinking I'm not really sure what I think of it I want to see it a few more times yeah and I would like to see it again yeah yeah. We've both only seen it once, listener. Yes. So we're probably getting everything wrong when we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was really overwhelming in terms of... Um, I eventually started to form some ideas of what I thought it was about and came... Mm-hmm. Well, no, I immediately thought it was about that thing about... Um, that I said for on the other podcast about um, uh, agency and the, the illusion of agency. The illusion yes. that you have some control over your life. Well, or that, or that you are really conscious. <laughs> yes. Well, I thought that was very interesting. You yeah. thought that was quite I depressing. Quite conclusion. Realistic, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, like, you know, I thought it I thought of it was about what the first one was about, which is what is it to be um, a person? Mm-hmm. What count who counts as a person? Okay, and the main character seems like a person. Yeah, absolutely. 
But then the this character that I find so interesting, the the electronic companion. Yeah. Is she not a person, or is that is she part of where it's explored? Which, which characters are exploring what it is to be a person? I think she definitely is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just thought that whole arc was absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, when he when he stands on the bridge, isn't it? And there's the advert saying exactly yeah. the same things to him yeah. that she has. It's absolutely gut-wrenching isn't it you know which and it, it casts her in doubt but it's gut-wrenching because it casts yes. her into doubt yes well, at that point we've really bought into her as a yeah. human yeah, or as, yeah. a person. as a person i think person i was trying to think what the right yeah. word is and i think person probably is the right word and he's right. got this interesting thing about a, someone being born hasn't he yes which that's is his definition which is very arbitrary yeah no i think it, it yeah it's I not agree. is it his definition who says it first I don't know, but I, but this he. Is where we I don't it. feel as if it's been imposed upon him. I feel right. like it's something. He buys it, yeah. Maybe he's come up with it, or or he totally buys into it. Because he's first... obviously wrong, right? You know, because. Is it the first bloke he kills who says it? What does he say to him? He says something really profound, something that I didn't agree with. You've never seen anything beautiful, or something, isn't it? Or... Oh, something like that. Like he that says that something about not having seen something beautiful. <laughs> Or something like that. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, so it's about what it means to be a person. Yeah, that's, that's what I think it's about. Which I guess is what I think it's about. It's just that I have this specific idea that it's it's about the human condition or the modern condition where we're told all the time. It's almost like the same thing as Fight Club, right? You're, you're told all the time um, you're going to be a superhero. You're, you're going to, you know, every, every, all the media you consume yeah. tells you that you are special and powerful in the yeah. world. Um, and then actually, you're nothing. You have no influence. Well, the confession is I've never seen Fight Club. Right. Well, that's okay. <laughs> we talked about but... Fight Club a couple of times. I don't think we talked about it as a film. And mm. I think Andy Cockerell it doesn't respect it as much as I do. And right. I think I viscerally loved it and then had yeah. this big problem, which is that um, it's, it's moaning about how you're being sold products. And it, it itself is a really polished product yeah, that's being sold yeah. to you. Yeah, that's interesting. But I think what you're talking about is like a, an aspect of advertising discourse that really bothers me is the best, best day ever. <laughs> so as does Strapline, this Christmas has been best Christmas ever. Right. And it, but it also comes from Peppa Pig, right? And all children's mm-hmm. books, all children's books are going on about how this was the best day ever. <laughs> and you're like, well, no, every day of your life is not going to be the best day ever. And that's OK. But anyway, I think that might be slightly different from what you're saying. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> it's a bit of a divergence. You were talking about being told that you're going to be a superhuman yeah. and have an impact in the yeah. world. So yeah, anyway, that, you can edit that out because that's not really relevant. But I don't it's really edit things out. Annoys me. <laughs> Dude, it takes too much time. Um, yeah, but this thing about um, uh, is she really about? a person? Oh, is she really a person? And, and I mean, yeah, and I don't know. from one point of view, she obviously isn't, uh, but she appears to have a little bit of will. Maybe that's. I mean, what is we don't. It's, it's meaningless to talk about what the difference between the illusion of free will and free will is, given that we have no way of answering whether we have the illusion yeah. of free will or free will either. So there's no point in saying, oh, well, she only has the illusion of it. She clearly has um, uh, desires and things. Yes, but it's her only desire to please him. Quite possibly. That doesn't mean she doesn't have desires. But are you loving somebody if if you've been programmed to love well, and nothing else? What else are you doing? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. how do we, to what extent are we not programmed to have the desire to be? Programmed to love our children. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Whatever, yeah. I, but almost, is it, is it's it almost like, question? you know, yeah, like <clears> it's <throat> almost... Well, it's so overwhelming. It, it's almost like you ha- you have the emotions, and can you actually think about the yeah. the questions, or is it just that emotion, that heart rending emotion? So, because um, this is spoilerific, we can talk about the fact that he has the same what I see as the same experience, which is he, he thinks he's special. Yes, he thinks he's the special person. Yeah, and he turns out not to be at all. Did we talk about how it's the opposite of the Lego Movie? No. <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> well. 
It turns out that he is okay. the special. The special, right. And he actually is the special. He thinks he's not the special. He thinks he's not the special, but he is the special. Like in the Matrix. But then the moral of it is, we're all the special. Right, okay. But he also is the special. But the prophecy was made up. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. so he's know, not the special. So he's not the special, but he kind of is, you know. Right, but okay. yes, you know. Okay. Yeah, in the Matrix, he really is. In the Matrix, he is the special. Yeah. So it's almost like the antidote to all that, right? But then is the Lego movie also the antidote to all that? Well, the Lego Not movie really. has a, a possibly ironically sweet moral, which is that we're all special. Right. Anyway, so it's the opposite of the Lego movie, but... Um, I feel weirded out by the Lego movie because it seems quite subversive and also non-subversive. Well, like you say, about products, right? Yeah. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's selling a massive product. Yeah, but a and massive yes, product yeah. that's created by a relatively independent company. Hmm, Yeah. Well, which also licenses with partners with quite a lot of despicable companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Where were we? Oh, yes, yes. So he, you know, and in that moment, I, you, you just think that's incontrovertible proof. I think I did. Of what? I so think which I did. Moment? Sorry, what? sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the really dramatic moment is when he finds the horse. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's incredibly emotional. It's yeah. like, oh, my goodness. I am especially. Oh, my goodness, it is me. Yeah. And and now looking back, and I can't remember if I still have my doubts. I don't think I did. No, I, I think totally... someone else I was talking to had realised and still had the doubts. But, yeah, but, you know, and because we, we're on that journey with yeah. him, yeah. it's incredibly emotional. You can't believe it. I mean, it's extraordinary. I think it's probably there was great sound design at that point yes. as well. Yeah. Of course. And And it's like... No way. You know, yes, you know, yeah. it's it it it's me. Yeah. I'm the child. Why is that so important to us in that moment? That he's the special one. It well, really I think is. it's because we're on the journey with him, right? We're told, uh, you know, and what I think was it Mark Kermode who was saying, you know, in the original Blade Runner, we identify with Deckard, who yeah. we initially think is a human. Yeah. And who may well be? Who knows? They haven't really even agreed on it. I don't know. One I think of the, one well, of the directors says one yeah. anyway. I think the um, answer to it is totally obvious, but I've been banned from saying <laughs> what it is. <laughs> I thought this was spoilerific. <laughs> That's maybe too um, spoilerific. Anyway, um, you know. Whereas in this one, we are we are totally identified with the replicant. Yes. We're on his journey with Isn't him. Isn't that exciting? Because and and we because it becomes a kind of. You know, because we're all, in our own way, have our own dull routine life, right? Where we mm. fit into the, we're a cog in some sort of system. That's the point. He has this meaningless life. Then there's this thing, no, you are not meaningless. That's why yeah. we care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and we also, I think we feel sorry because he doesn't believe he has a soul. Yeah. Does he use the word soul? He said you have to get born to get a soul. Or have I, I, I added so. the word soul I think into so. it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, we're like, well, you obviously have a soul, you know, and then yeah. it's like the confirmation. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's also it's also presented as, although why, if you start if you start to analyse this, why is it so important that replicants should be able to physically reproduce? Yeah, that is weird. But I guess I don't think it actually I, th I don't think it really makes any sense. But anyway, you no. know, it's presented as this this holy grail. Well, I guess it's the difference. Holy grail. Like if someone's claiming there's a difference between humans and replicants, yeah, there is. There's this clear physical difference that that you could you might find you might people. It's plausible that people would start hanging a soul on that one thing that's different. I suppose so, but you you always have to push to the extreme and say you know there's plenty of human beings who can't yes, exactly. or don't reproduce. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Theoretically, the I suppose the archetypal human being. But also, so, it, yeah, our society went through that a little bit with test tube babies. Like, does it, mm. is it okay to do mm. that? But yeah. Well, cloning is the next question about yeah. that, right? But I was thinking about this, you know, they will still be born. So this leads me to the, anyway. This leads me to the soul, from the soul conversation. That I think one of the lines in the film that's important is when the police chief tells him, she says something to him like, you seem to be doing pretty well without one or something like that. Yes. What does that line mean? Is she actually a good person who thinks that he's a good... She's, is she validating him or is she basically saying, you know, keep quiet and carry on being useful to me? No, I think she, I read it as her validating him because I thought okay. she was a completely positive character. Okay. Did you? I really wasn't sure. So, she's getting him to do stuff that is not good stuff. And he's well, useful it's, to it's her. everybody's job, right? And they think, they, they, I think they're doing it from good motives, right? They think really? these things are... Dangerous. Who are? 
I don't think... The what's police. His what's his name? Be? K. The K? main character is called K, right? Yes. K I don't think is... he's doing it for good motives. He's just... Well, he's doing it because he has to, and he's starting to doubt has... it. It's because he has no free will. That's yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. Because they've designed this new set of robots. Yeah. Going along with my theory, right, <laughs> they've designed yeah. this new set of robots who have yeah. no free will, like right. humans, like us. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Anyway, yeah, so we're talking about her. No, I don't know. Why are, they, why are they just drawing these replicants? Because they're dangerous. Because they're dangerous. And, you know, they, they, you can't... But they're the kind thing, of morally The thing dangerous. about Blade, the original Blade Runner is they're clearly really dangerous. They go around killing loads of people. Yeah. So, you know, our sympathies are with them to yeah. a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even, especially, perhaps, with the complete... I know I was watching this, like the original Blade Runner, I was struck by how... What, is it Batty? Yeah. It's like the archetypal serial killer. Yeah. He's, a, that's he's the, that's terrifying. The, yeah, yeah. But but our, and yet yeah, our sympathies are with them. It's completely to noble. Bizarre degree. Why? I don't think he's noble. But, but he's not well, noble death. Yes, but it's because that because we're people who are being hunted down. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they are clearly dangerous. So yeah. from a from a cold point mm -hmm. of view mm -hmm. and a point of view which denies them that personhood, you know, to go around and destroy them is is a is a logical, necessary public order sort of thing to do. So yeah. I think I would see the police at her level as... as. Mm. But they're not anymore. They're hiding. Trying to look as much like normal people as possible. Yeah, yeah. They're not, and they're not, no, there's no evidence that they're like terrorist cells that's only going to burst out, right? No. Not well, except one that, of course, for us there is, which is the Yeah, There is a resistance. Yeah. So, so it's more like a political suppression. Yeah? Yeah. Um, but you know, I so you, like, so, you think she's so sympathetic. Perhaps getting on to the gender questions, mm -hmm. you know, her character is a good example, right? She's a, a woman in a position of power, and my reading was that you know she is carrying out her role. You know, she, she's one of the good guys. Yes, so okay. is that a sexist phrase? <laughs> um, you know, she. It, it's the, it's that work of the police department which is then infiltrated and, and disrupted mm -hmm. by. Oh, what's the what's the what's the assistant's name? It's Gary. Oh, I don't Stimmen. know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know any names of anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, you know, I, you know, you, you can't say that the world of Blade Runner is devoid of um, characters, powerful, um, positive mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. Well, she's probably the only one. So, just for a bit of context, we one because. Andy and I talked about mm. the, the role of women and the treatment of women in Blade Runner. That's one of the things that Cathy and I discussed, and I wanted to mm. get onto it. Mm. So, yeah, she's a good example of a woman who is, who could easily have been played by a man, and, and that, the script and stuff could have been identical, which is sort of interesting as a point. Yes. Not the only point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and I think, yeah, but, okay, carry on with that, yeah. Um, but also someone who, well, I something we were talking about, and you were telling me about, like, the feminist treatment of stuff includes consideration of what the point of view is. Yes. So if, if it's, if something's being, if a woman is being looked at, then potentially that's not of interest as a, um, a feminist piece of work, whereas if you're looking through their eyes, it doesn't yeah, have to be yeah. a woman. I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's kind of more complex than that, but mm -hmm. I think point of view is important. So right. I can't remember why I was saying that. And who? Well, basically, we'll get on I to kill Bill. Yeah, I took exception to Andy Cockerell saying somebody could have been a man. In Kill Bill. Oh, in Kill Bill. I think that's what that's what we were talking about. Yeah. We'll get on to Kill Bill. Yeah. So because I, I, I haven't mean, seen that either. No, that's good. <laughs> that's good because we've got things to talk about. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so um, the police chief is definitely a character who I feel like you're looking through her eyes at least some of the time, mm. or at least she's not being looked at in that kind of... No, no, she, yeah, exactly, yeah. There's also a very important female character, but she has hardly any airtime, so she's important in some abstract way. Andy was saying this is one of the things, which I think also Kermode said, that they, um, there is a woman who is who is very important in the plot because she like built, builds the memories for the yeah. replicants. Yeah. I don't I don't buy that because she gets almost no airtime. Also <laughs> she's she not is really kind of interest. you know I don't know, she is kind of interesting because she's she's a sort of 
highly intelligent um is she do you think she's a sort of scientist figure or is she doing it all intuitively no i think she's uh, highly technical yeah so that that's kind of slightly breaking some stereotypes how how she's doing all this seems totally ridiculous but there we are science fiction (laughs) no no but there's the science fiction and this well i thought it was right she was like making stuff on the screen that's what that's what designers yeah, but how do. does she get it how does she get it from her memory into them well she anyway. picks up jobs off the website and then clicks on the <laughs> contract button anyway I, I think from a from a gender point of view well i suppose the, the promise is always messianic right the child the idea of the mm-hmm. child is always mm-hmm. messianic mm-hmm. so for her to be for that child actually to be female Okay. You know, is that interesting? What other situations is the child female? And children of men, right. is the child a boy or a girl? And, or does it not matter? You know, that's interesting. I don't know Maybe it doesn't them. matter. Children of men, yeah. we should talk about that That's film. such a brilliant film. What an amazing film. Let's just leave that there, though. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm thinking about this this figure of the child, the, the key messianic promised. Right. Yes. You know, you can see that sort of figure. Yeah, that is exciting. Yeah. If she yeah. had a single line after it was clear that she was... The Messiah. That might have been more interesting, but I don't think she and says where, a word. And when... where do we go from here? You know. Well, yeah. So let's talk about some of the things yes. that I find problematic yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. about the film. So there are these good female characters. So the number one and the biggest thing, and it's not the problem is it's not one film's problem. Mm. But the, but the the thing is that Blade Runner twenty forty nine is about what it's like to be inside the mind of a tortured, strong, white young man right yeah like every other film yeah and that that wouldn't be a problem if there were other films looking from another point of view but yeah well the last jedi isn't really about that yeah yeah the last jedi is <laughs> yeah, that's way... a whole other conversation last jedi but, is a lot know, less think about point of view that, that's interesting there's various points of view but anyway um i think the last jedi is a fantastic example of yeah yeah well because things. when you are when we are from poe's point of view it's subverted but okay Setting that aside, yes, yes, that is a problem that we have. Nonetheless, we probably can't blame any individual good film for no. taking that point of view because it's a it's a point of view which is is still valid. We're not going to stop. No. We shouldn't stop, especially not you in, know, in the light yeah. of all the problems men have. Yeah. Um, but it is part of a system which we really want to draw a line under now. A system which is run where all the directors are men and all the yeah. Um, but what I would yeah. what I would argue, you see, is that it none, despite being from his point of view and you know made by a male director and whatever, that one of the things the film is doing, indeed maybe one of the things it's about, is about you know the the problem of the way that women are treated in our society. Yes. And I think that is thematized. I don't think it's presented as correct or desirable. Yes, so that gets me on to yeah. the two real problems, yes, which are, right. uh, let's do the easy one. The easy okay. one is a depiction of women as sexual objects. Okay. So there's the almost the only women that appear, apart from, well, no, there's a, big, there's a big baddie woman yeah. who who plays the role of Batty, that is his name, isn't it? Yes, I think so. She's the big, big scary robot yes. is played by a woman, which is kind of interesting, right? And yes. then there's the police chief we've talked about who is... Yes. Anyway, but uh, and, uh, no, and also and the sorry, there's one, also the scientific yeah. genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but is, yeah. all the other women. So that's three women who don't fit this. But anyway, yeah. all the other women. Uh, but we're talking about highly sexualized imagery. Yes, and what I would argue is that you know I'm I'm a reasonably sensitive feminist woman, and um, but for me it was that was justified because the film was about it right now that's and lay, really interesting. laying it bare that's really now, interesting maybe, you, you know that. maybe other people would would disagree yeah so and my take on this is that i have no problem with that for basically the same reason that um i don't know maybe i don't know what it's like to watch it as a man right you know how much are these women laid out for your well, yeah. one of the reasons why I don't have a problem with it is because I didn't notice it as a um, a thing that was distracting me while I was watching. I was interested right. in the story. Right. Um, 
and there are definitely films where there's an interesting story trying to happen, but the filmmaker is distracting you right. with titillation, which yeah. I didn't particularly feel yeah. about that. Although, the, so what's really interesting to me is actually bringing me on to my next point, right. which is the really problematic part for me, right. um, which I'll explain why something you said is interesting to me after we talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a little, uh, little flash forward. Um, the 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 violence the the yeah. horrible horrible way in which he violates and kills one yeah. of the replicant women while she's naked. Yeah. We're talking about the big baddie who, for me, I yeah. wish I just I wish they just cut him out of the film because he's boring. He's like something out of. Well, you need something, but it is. <sighs> yeah, it doesn't it isn't quite right, is it? Some people talk about it as a great performance from whatever his name is. Is it Who's Jared it? Leto or is it somebody Someone else? like that. Jared Leto or Johnny Depp. Is it Jared Johnny Depp. Someone like that. <laughs> for some reason they're related in my head. Uh, yeah. And I thought he was just like out of um, Danger Mouse or something. I was just like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. It is. And it's... Well, I don't know. He is very, very bad. <laughs> um, and so in order to... So the Andy's defence of that scene... Right. And you said you thought it, you weren't that bothered by it. I didn't. I didn't come out outraged by it. Okay. So Andy's defence of that scene was it's establishing how evil he is. Yes. Now there's no doubt that it's not presented as a good thing that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It is proving how evil he is. It is horrible. And it's proving that he holds human life and female. It's not human. He holds life cheap. Yeah. And and specifically female life cheap. Yeah. So you're saying it's part of this wide theme of the way our society treats women, which is what yes. the film is trying to tell us. Yes. Yeah. So that that's interesting because yeah, and you could argue, you know, you you could even argue, you know, he's being criticised for thinking that women are only worthy if they can bear children, you know, which is a massive historical problem, isn't it? To think right. that a woman's highest achievement and most worthiness is to be able to bear children. If they can't, then they're worthless. Right. I really, really want to talk about Handmaid's Tale on one of our podcasts. Yes. But we should put that off because I'm hoping yeah. to get Andy to do one on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Handmaid's Tale covers that mm. very deeply. It's TV though, do you do TV? Well, we could do anything, it's a podcast. <laughs> it's your we can go on as long as we like. <laughs> Which we are. We really um, are, is this too long? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> Is anyone so, still listening? Was anyone listening in the first place? Send us feedback. Oh no, but the only feedback we get is from you, Kath. <laughs> um, the, thing, the, the, the phrase you used earlier mm. was, um, it's okay because it's about that, right? So you were talking about the imagery. Yeah, but it's not always okay, is it? No, 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 but no, uh, okay, that's yeah. not where I'm going. I'm going yeah, the other yeah, way. Yeah, You're yeah. right, yeah. I'm sure. But So what I felt about the violence was... Mm. Um, so one thing Andy said was it's kind of necessary to the plot, mm. and it's necessary to establish the evilness, whatever. Mm. This kind of necessary to the plot thing mm. is an interesting argument, because someone wrote the plot, and they could have written the plot so that it wasn't necessary to the plot to watch a naked woman being yeah. horrifically murdered. Yeah. Um, so calling it necessary to the plot isn't enough for me. Like, you wrote the plot. Yeah. And also there are films where people have said, oh, I can't think you see... But there are films where people have given this justification, and I have I have said, well, that's not that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. still shouldn't be showing this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I think is how you felt about it. Well, I feel like the more I talk about it, the less I can accept it. But I have only seen it once, and I should see it again before I have a real. So, so the more you talk about it, the more outraged you feel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you might be influencing me to feel more. I'd rather not feel outraged. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I like to find a different way of putting it, but you know, maybe outraged as well. Outraged from stains. So they, 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 wrote, they wrote this story. Yes. And fundamentally what they failed to do was sell this bad guy to me well enough. Okay. That, I, that, yeah, yeah. That, that it felt right. But would it be? So, so do, you think, do we think it would ever be justified to have that scene? I don't know. At the time... I, I found it really shocking and horrible, yeah. but I didn't think, oh, they shouldn't have done that. Well, then, I well, don't then, think. That seems to me like it's but, succeeding. So if it's so, this is what your phrase of it, if it's about it. Yeah. I, my feeling, what I was gonna, what I thought mm, about sorry. saying to you before we started this whole conversation was, if the film was about that. Yeah. It would be okay. Okay. And I feel like the film was probably about the other thing we talked about, the sexualized imagery, 
or the position right, of women. Yeah, there's not a big thing about violence, violence against, against women. women. Well, but those, but those, if those things are the same thing, then maybe it's... <coughs> those prostitutes are going to be suffering a lot of violence, aren't they? Yeah, but they're not presented like they're presented like no. in this sanitised, yeah, um, way where they're not you're not thinking about the fact that they're suffering violence. Maybe that's maybe this maybe I'm criticising the film for not covering that topic, and then it does cover that topic, and I don't like that either. <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I suppose one question is: is it intended to be in any way titillating or gratifying? Would anyone find it so? I don't know. It's not very sexualized, but she is naked. She's just been born. I mean, it's a whole. <laughs> yeah, but now we're getting. I can't put my expression on the <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> I just made a face. <laughs> it, it's um, it's disturbing. It's the whole context yeah. is disturbing. I mean, is it just? Is it? Is it shocking for the sake of being shocking? That's another thing which... I th yeah, I think I I'm coming around, to, during this conversation, I'm coming around to the idea that if that bad guy was important enough right. in the whole theme of the film, that that scene was pivotal to the film, mm. and it was part of this important point the film was making, it would be absolutely fine. And it, is a, it is a slightly curious, and you just think, no. You know, it's far more efficient to make them in factories and have them be born because they're going to take 18 years to grow up. I mean, <laughs> I think it is kind of a plot hole. You know what? I mean, he's just bonkers. Yeah, so he is bonkers. Maybe that's what it is. But, you know, there's not it's not a logical, there's not a business reason for wanting to be able to give birth because you want to keep control of them. Mm. And also, surely as a business, you want to make them and sell them, not yeah. have them go off and reproduce and people don't have to pay yeah. for the offspring. So it, you can only say that it's because he's mad. He yeah. wants them to be able to give birth. Well, he wants to be God. That kind of yes. makes sense. Uh, but he's just rubbish. Yeah. If he wasn't rubbish, I probably wouldn't have noticed. I thought. I mean, I thought things about him were good. Like the um, the the sort of things he used to see are really nasty. <laughs> yeah, but that's... and the sound design on them, you know, is yeah. great as well. It's really creepy. And they, uh, but I was like, oh no, you've taken them. Um... Well, you don't watch Nathan's of Shield, do you? No. <laughs> So they, they have little drones like that that okay. do stuff, and they're really good. They're like their cool little pets. Right, right, right. And I'm like, no, you've taken them and made them bad and creepy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so anyway, so, yeah. So I don't think I was... You were okay. ...thought he was as rubbish as you thought he was. But when, I, it was one I, of the things that when I stopped and looked back over the film, I was like, it doesn't really make sense. And what, what is going on there? And like, he was, uh, to me, he was like a Bond villain, like you're saying, yeah. Danger Mouse. You know, what's yeah. with all the thing with all the water? Yeah. And the, you know, like. If you compare it with Blade Runner, which you can't help doing, and you look at the. Yes, the there's bad no guys, need for a pantomime yeah. part. Yeah, when yeah. they, uh, as they're getting deeper to the centre of the organisation, they don't find a villain. Yeah. They find these odd people. Really eccentric. <laughs> Um, who kind of love yeah. their creation. There weren't so many eccentrics, were there? Well, obviously he's eccentric, but in a different way, as we're saying. Yeah. So that, that feels weird to me. Now. I, like I, I think part of my problem is that the sound design is so good, mm. and the visuals are good, although that bit I could live without, that you don't notice. You're being, you're being yeah, carried yeah. emotionally. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's, you look it's back an and you're experience. Like, it's yeah. a big experience. And then I was like picking, picking at it. But the other like bits once, of it stand up to it. Once the experience has worn off, well, some of it I'm still picking at. Okay, like what? Well, I just, I'm a bit worried about the ending. Like, how has he not just led everyone to her and Deckard? You know, what makes yeah. them think they're not traceable? There's, yeah. also, there's ways of tracing people throughout the film, and right. maybe we know what they are and they've been eliminated, but... Maybe there's going to be another. Maybe not. I mean, there's fuckers in the snow for a start, you know? I mean, <laughs> I, I was really worried, you know, he's lying there having this, this... I mean, is he dead? Is it is that his his death know. moment? The camera pulls up towards the sky, right. which is okay. is a possible indication that he's dying. Yeah, is there going to be another film? Himself. So oh, I don't know. Kind of hope not. Oh, but so good that I want more. But yeah, I'll just but watch also, it a few more times. Yeah, I don't know because there is a there is a big unanswered. To me, it wasn't a satisfying ending um, because I'm like, well, Decker's lived all these years without meeting his daughter. Why is it suddenly so important that he should yeah. do so? He's kept apart from her to keep her safe. Yeah, and now he's going to see. And now, 
He's gone to see her. How is that not an incredibly, stupidly reckless thing to yes, do? Yes, I did think that. I was like, and, I was. But the film doesn't present be... it that way. The no, film presents no. it as a, a, a beautiful resolution, and I'm, and I'm. But then I'm almost <laughs> like, when he's lying there in the snow, dying, you know, is that, is that hopeful, or is that actually the end of all things? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. I they, they were. The music was playing, telling me. This is the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a long way into the film at that point, like three and a half hours or something. Yeah. And I was thinking, they're going to arrive, they're going to arrive, yeah. they're going to kill them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, it, it doesn't, from a plot point of view, it doesn't really seem to make sense. Like, what's his motivation? He is, he has actually done this to keep her safe. He, there's a line, isn't there, that he says to Yeah, I'm sure that's right. about it. Yeah. Um, so why now? It seems like an idiotic thing to do. So bits that stood out for me as... As so far really working in my head. Uh, the initial bit where he's fighting the replicant that's been hiding, mm. I didn't, I didn't buy that that much. Although I was getting used to the 3D glasses. Yeah, that was <laughs> a mistake, be. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Um, although it was not enough to ruin it. But then the bits, the scenes with his companion. Yeah. Are just great. And then the fight with Deckard with the Elvis music. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that would probably only work in a massive cinema with a massive screen. It's really fun as well. But it was great. Yeah. But yeah, to me, the meaning of the film lies in this relationship he has. From his point of view, he's having a relationship with something that doesn't exist. From her point of view, she is something that effectively doesn't exist. And there's a point where the um, prostitute says to her something like, there's not as much there as you think or something, which really pinned it to me. That's what the film's saying to me. It's saying... There's not as much there as you think. Oh, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah. It's when she's kind of, she's, because she's used her body to, to be present to Kay. Right. And then they're kind of in a rivalry mode as she's leaving, I think. She says something like oh, right. no, that I didn't even notice to that. her. And that's at the point where we're just starting to buy her as a person and then yeah. she's going to get killed and we're really going to be sad about it. Yeah. And actually there's not as much there as you think. Or some phrase like that. No, <laughs> I wish I could remember. Well, again, this is where one needs to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd really like to watch it again, especially after this. Or well, maybe before this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else to say about it? I feel like now we need to. Oh, we haven't done the Kill Bill stuff. Yeah. Well, as I say, I haven't seen Kill Bill, but my my. <laughs> so, what did I take exception to that Andy Cockrell had said? Well, he said that she, that the main character in Kill Bill could just as easily have been a man, and that makes it not a sexist film. That's what he said. There's several elements of that I disagree with. Yeah. <laughs> and then you started t- telling me, which I'd like well, you to. I said, yeah, if she, if she, if she is the spectacle. Mm-hmm. If it's a spectacle of a woman laid out for the always presumed male gaze in the mm-hmm. cinema, mm-hmm. Um, then it's not a feminist film. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it has to be a sexist film, mm-hmm. but I would argue it's not a feminist film. I mean, not all films have to be feminist. No. But I think just to say it's a feminist film because there's a woman going around beating people up mm-hmm. is... Yeah, I'm sure there's yeah. quite a lot of porn films. Because the question like is, yeah, and, and how is she dressed? And also how yeah. is she shot? Yes. You know? Yeah, so that's really interesting because yeah. I, I wish we could have this conversation after you've seen Kill Bill. I don't really, I can't really be bothered. It's really long, right? Well, let's, watch the first one, which is only uh, under two hours. See, I did enjoy Pulp Fiction, but I can't really be bothered with any more Tarantino, but maybe I should. Yeah, so 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 you said to me, mm. something which I'll probably say wrong and you have to correct could me. Could he edit it down to one film and then I could watch the whole thing? Well, I think that's what the studio tried to get him to do. <laughs> And they failed, so I don't know whether you all succeed. I wonder whether people have. <laughs> um, one of the joys of Kill Bill is its mm. slow pace. Okay. I mean, it's not slow as in there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you said to me mm. something like, you can correct me, mm. um, it's about the point of view. Yes. And it is Kill Bill from her point there of view. There is a problem with point of view, yeah, or a question about point of view, yes. So okay. to me, so I recently watched um, a superhero film with a Wonder Woman. Okay, which I, I really, also haven't seen. I'd really like to see it. I hated it. Did you? Everyone oh, else loves Wonder yes. Woman and thinks okay. it's feminist. Right. What I saw Including was, Mark Cameron. Yes. Yeah. What I saw was a lot of scantily clad women. Yes. Um, doing things that are like boyish fantasies of what women do. 
Right. Uh, she was the main character, but she yeah. has no personality. There's nothing of any interest happens in any part of the film. Um, I don't have a problem with her having a boyfriend, which someone wrote into Kermode saying that somehow <laughs> well, being in love is not feminist or something, which I take issue with. Yes. Um, but my main problem with Wonder Woman is it's a terrible, rubbish film. But I don't like superhero films, so I can't speak about them. So blah, blah, blah. Whereas, in contrast... I don't feel like Kill Bill is is a film that looks at the main okay, character okay, in a exploitative way. Right. I feel like Kill Bill, or the two Kill Bill films, especially the first one, is like a superhero film, except right. the one I like, right. where the superhero is female. So where I don't know where the superhero films are from the point of view of the superhero, but I feel like Kill Bill is as much from her point of view as... Right maybe Superman or something is from his. Right. Uh, it's interesting I question. I do not feel like you know, she's being ogled. She's not, she really wearing, she's not really wearing very revealing clothes. She's right. very attractive. Right. But she's also incredibly violent in a very elegant way, which is exactly what superheroes are like. Yeah. So the visual spectacle, which is pleasing to whichever gaze, is similar to the visual spectacle that is pleasing to the gaze okay. of some other violent superhero film. Right. But, oh, but I'd really be interested for you to watch it. Right. Because you'll probably notice stuff that I haven't noticed and oh. I'll realise I'm completely I wrong. You. You, might, you, might, you might easily be right. It was, it's purely my, you know, probably sexist assumption. But, yeah, the other thing I said to you, know. the other thing I said to you, which is bare of repeating, because I have to yes. repeat all the things I said to you that were good, yes. Was, yes. <laughs> was it, Kill Bill specifically feels like a boyish film, but a prepubescent boy. Okay. Like, she is cool. Okay. Um, and, but there's no sexual attraction because you haven't got that old yet. You're just interested in killing people and stuff. <laughs> well, that's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, interesting. Which is kind of cool. Um, Maybe. Yeah. So that was the Kill Bill. <laughs> right, that was the Kill Bill thing, yeah. Well, it's hard for me to make any sense. All right, so we'll, we'll get you back on when you've watched Kill Bill, if you can bear it. I, I mean, also, it sort of brings us round to what, what I was saying to you is I presume that Prevenge right. is a different kettle of fish. Now, yeah, uh, Prevenge, yeah, it's from the point of view. Again, yeah. I may be wrong about that, but um, I mean, well, that yeah. definitely is from her point of view, right? Sounds like it. Have oh, you not seen it? Either? No, I don't okay. see them. <laughs> right, no, I thought you maybe saw them afterwards. Oh, well, I should. I, should. Yeah, yeah, I actually yeah. got uh, the Red Turtle for Christmas. Oh, nice. So when I've watched that, I will be providing Andy with some feedback. <laughs> it's um, kind of like, yeah, sometimes you listen to reviews of a film and make yes. assumptions about it, and then you actually see it, and it's very different. Well, right. it's like Wonder Woman, well, that's right? That's the people saying that Wonder yeah. Woman... Well, yeah, so yeah. I really want you to watch Wonder Woman. I'd like to watch Wonder Woman, yes. But I, the problem is that I really don't like... I didn't like X-Men or any of those things. Okay. I find them just boring okay i don't see the point of you know i always ask andy what's the what's point the of this point? film yeah, yeah, what is the yeah. point of the x-men films what do i learn yeah. about the world from yeah. well you learn about how gay people are really excluded really the x-men films yeah that's a clear subtext who uh, explain that to well, me it's about when they discover that they're mutants it's like finding out okay. that you're gay and then having to come out as gay it's okay. obvious <laughs> you just need to watch them again okay no i hadn't yeah. taken that as being yeah of being about being gay specifically i'd obviously seen that there was a yeah well, it, you know, not, a, not, it doesn't group. have to be specifically, but I think there's very strong okay. um, correlations. Okay. Well, maybe that would be, I don't know, it's just, it's just things crashing into things. Wonder Woman, mm. like the final battle, they're like, well, they've both got superhuman strength. Like, why am I interested in watching this? <laughs> yes, because the right person has to win. Uh, yeah, so yeah. maybe someone can explain have, have to me. Have you not enjoyed the, the various Avengers? No, even though, even the one directed by Joss Whedon, who's like a personal yeah, hero Yeah, of mine, yeah, yeah, really fun. I, I was disappointed that That was he Avengers did, Assemble. Yeah, he did two, I think, yeah. starting with Avengers Assemble. Yeah. I watched Avengers Assemble the other day, and there were a couple of lines of dialogue that made me chuckle. And I thought, exactly. that's the Joss Whedon yeah, yeah. bit yeah. of it yeah, that yeah. I can appreciate. Yeah. But where well, that's is the why, rest? Okay, you need to watch Marvel's Age of S.H.I.E.L.D., because they're not superheroes. Right. They're agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., though some of them are powered. Right. Yeah, really, though? Really? <laughs> it's a fun series, if you want the series. I did like Misfits. Yeah. And it is Joss Whedon. Right. Oh, it is Joss Whedon? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know it was sense good it was him, but... Yeah. 
Packing. It's and it's got okay. some similarity with I feel like I'm now thinking of this, I feel like some of it's a bit like the West Wing. Right, but okay. with superheroes. Well, I mean the, to me <laughs> with powered people and stuff. I don't know. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is kind of flawless, so it, yeah. it's hard to live up to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well I did like Misfits. Not speaking really of, in the Buffy Club. I haven't heard of Misfits. So Misfits is a channel four. Um it was at the time of Heroes, wasn't it? Ah, okay. Uh, but it's like the British. I enjoyed series one of Heroes, and right. then it just went totally rubbish. It's like the British anti version of Heroes. Okay. So they, uh, something happens, some event happens, and they right. end up with these powers. Right. But they're really rubbish things. <laughs> like most Is it of comedy? Them, yes, yes. It's sort of like an adventure comedy, okay. but with, but very sweary and lots of teenage sexual misconduct and okay. embarrassment and. Okay. Uh, very much what someone was watched Heroes and thought, well, this is not what it would be like. Yeah, this is yeah. what it would be like. Right. Uh, okay. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah, I haven't heard of that. I wish I could think of one of the abilities because they're quite humorous, but. <laughs> so yes, Blade anyway. Runner 2049. So <laughs> anyway. um, it's not without flaws. Not without flaws. <laughs> but I mean, so, no, it's just yeah. a, it's a ride. What a ride. Yeah. What an emotional, sensory ride. Yeah. And the more I talk about it, the more I just want to watch it a few more times before yeah. I really have an opinion. Yeah. And probably not in 3D. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually, yeah. incidentally, how I feel about the two Star Wars films that I've seen only once, which is whatever the last seen... one was called. What? The Force Awakens you and The Last the Force Jedi. Awakens once as well. Yeah, I've seen wow. both of them once. Right. Really enjoyed both of them, again. but really want to watch them quite a lot more have times. Have you not seen Rogue One? I... No. Oh, that's good. Now, Rogue One's not suitable for my kids, I don't think. Even mm, no. It's a well, bit more violent, so... It's dark. I haven't been to see it. It's well, a dark, b- yeah. It's a high body count, obviously. Right. And not obviously. Everybody dies. Oh. Otherwise, they'd be in A New Hope, wouldn't they? Who dies? Oh, don't tell me you spot it. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not really a spoiler. It's right. kind of a logical deduction, but I'm very sorry. I can't really remember who, who I'm supposed to... <laughs> No, it's it's set just before A New Hope. Oh, okay. It's not part of the, the sequence. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's set literally just before the first film. It's a prequel. Okay, okay. Well, it kills off all the characters we've come to know and love in the prequels. No, 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 sadly not. <laughs> no, no, it's literally, it's new characters. Okay, all right, and they'll die again. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Well, any listener who hasn't seen Rogue One, this is a spoilerific podcast. <laughs> One of the reasons I like doing the podcast is because I really don't mind spoilers. Oh, yeah. it depends on the film, though. If I don't want to see the film, I, I like listening to you. Right, but right, if right. I do want to see the film, I don't like spoilers. I basically don't mind spoilers. Oh, okay, well, because I'm, it I'm kind relieved. Of gives you, I'm relieved. It, it, gives you, it gives you the experience of watching it again without having to actually yeah. watch it again. <laughs> That's my thing. What? <laughs> it, was, it was making me think while we were talking about yeah. Blade Runner. Yeah. The way it unfolds... Like especially the relationship with the with the, his companion, mm. it, it unfolds gradually that you realise what she is. Yes. And I will never get that again. And that, yeah, that yeah. while we were talking, I was feeling sad about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Although I do forget things, so if I leave it long enough, I just watch it again. It'll be like yeah, a new yeah. film. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, thank Kathy you Bacon. For talking to me. Uh, and maybe we'll get you back if you watch. Either Wonder Woman or Kill Bill Part 1. Okay, great. Cool. See you next time. So, that was my discussion with Kathy Bacon about uh, Blade Runner 2049 and, and, as you heard, a lot of other things, uh, including some, you know, uh, harsh criticism for you, Andy. So, perhaps you (laughs) would like to reply to some of that. Uh, well, yeah, what I would like to reply to is that uh, Kathy has some harsh criticism for me about a film that she hasn't seen. <laughs> yeah. She so, thinks that what you said about a film, a film she that hasn't she hasn't seen, seen is, is probably wrong. wrong. So um, I would say to <laughs> Kathy Bacon, uh, watch the movie and then come back to me. Get back to me when you have any information whatsoever yes. on which to base your criticism. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, just in a <laughs> nutshell, though, her criticism is that I said that the character of the bride in uh, Kill Bill could have been mm-hmm. a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, since I've listened to that chat with Cathy, uh, I've come to think about that in more detail. Mm-hmm. And that little throwaway comment of mine... 
Um, you know, maybe I was wrong about that because uh, I'm going to spoil it now. Uh, the bride has a child in um, in Kill Bill that is taken from her, mm-hmm. and I think that that is very specifically a female perspective, and there is a sense of female rage about that. That uh, you know, maybe a man in a paternal instinct wouldn't be able to replicate. But having thought about it, certainly, it, maybe it would. I mean, maybe it would. So, yeah, um, I mean, in, a, in, a, in an equal world, maybe that would be a common motivation for a, yeah. um, a man in a film. But it does seem to be a bit of a theme about films with... Um, a recent, the recent um, collection of films with female leads um, fairly often seem to feature something about a child or something maybe that's maybe that's because it's a horrific boring stereotype about women well, yeah, bothered it, about children. exactly yeah it's um, and maybe, uh, uh, i think somebody is either you or Kathy mentioned that um kill bill uh, or you know has a sensibility of a prepubescent schoolboy yeah that was me and i was that, really pleased with that. that yeah but that kind of sums up quentin tarantino for me yeah in that that is what he is yeah uh he is kind of you know, just like, hey, wow, everything's really cool. Wow, fantastic. And yet he's older, he's older than me, you know, so, you know. Yeah. But I can't, but maybe I talk like that too. So what do I know? Um, yeah. So, listen, uh, while uh, Andy was listening or re-listening to the uh, interview with Kathy, mm. he was sending his thoughts to me over the internet. I was, on a, yes. On a chat window. Yeah. Um. So I'm just reviewing what he what he wrote. No, please do. Okay. Could could you read them out to me and then I'll address he them said, in order. He said. <laughs> um, uh, agree on the point about controlling replicant life cycle. Yeah. Okay. So that is to do with um, I think uh, yeah I, either one of you I can't remember who. Oh, hang on. No, I'm, I've started in the middle of your comments. Sorry, oh, okay. I'm going to go back up. Oh. So, sorry. Continue with Ms. continue with again. Okay. Sorry. I'm going to carry on then. <laughs> so um, the yes. The point, the reason why the Nexus Eights are being uh, retired mm-hmm. is because, or actually Nexus Sixes, uh, no, maybe it's only Nexus Eights because they can reproduce. That's a big mm. spoiler, big spoiler. But then again, you oh, really? you've already spoilt it, so um, yeah, it's okay. So I have to warn about spoilers for um, <laughs> other Rebel, things. For Rebel One. Oh yeah, is Rogue it, One. Is that what it's called? Rogue, Rogue One. One. <laughs> I can't even remember the name of it. That's terrible. Rogue One and. Uh, um, Blade Kill Runner. Bill. On Kill Bill, yeah. Um, so yes, uh, Wallace, uh, who you neither of you could remember the name. This is why I should be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you, just for basic facts. Because you're like, okay, so that guy, whatever his name was, <laughs> that and, one. and then this thing happens, and there's some stuff happens. And, um, Which yeah, one's Wa- Wallace? Wallace or is the, the guy, guy. Is the big bad guy with the funny eyes? Yeah, yeah. the one um, that I don't think. The one that I think is rubbish. And Jared Leto not in the film. Um, he wants to control, you know, he wants complete control over it. And, you know, replicants that can reproduce are essentially synthetic humans, proper synthetic They're humans. out of his control. Out of his control. So that's why he wants to eradicate them. Um, also... But he also wants to make ones that can reproduce. The, um, the, uh, the comment that you had an issue with at the beginning of the film that's spoken by Dave Bautista is... Oh, about Miracle. Never seen a Miracle. You've never seen a Miracle. And the miracle he has seen is a replicant giving birth. Right. Which, okay. to, so, from one replicant to another, is a miracle. You know, it's, it's something that they would probably think, okay, that's not something I would expect to happen. Therefore, I would view that as a miracle of mm-hmm. kind. Yeah, and Kathy, um, Kathy wondered why giving birth was so important. But as I said, and I was talking to Kathy, I can understand that if the society was trying to find a way of distinguishing trying to kind of justify its prejudice against replicants. Yes. It might well use giving birth as a kind of excuse. So that kind oh, of makes yeah. sense from that one. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, what's the next point? Um, Kay's memories have been implanted like Rachel's in Blade Runner. Yes. So um, that that's a big plot point in uh, 2049. So in in the original Blade Runner, when Deckard goes to, to Tyrrell Corporation to test Rachel... Um, it takes him a lot longer to discover that she is a replicant. And even then, he has to ask, she's a replicant, mm-hmm. isn't she? You know, and, he, and Tyrrell says, yes. Um, she has implanted memories mm-hmm. that make her feel like she's human. 
Um, In, yeah, interesting then that it appears that it, it's now routine to implant memories in yes in replicants. Yes, interesting. That, that makes them to make yeah. them feel like they're more human. So they know they they think that they are human. Whereas the the Nexus Six ones that Kathy quite rightly pointed out are psychopathic and dangerous. Mm -hmm. uh, they have no implanted memories. They are they know that they're replicants. Okay, so yeah, but I mean, Kay knows he's a replicant, but he also maybe doesn't feel like one because he's got these memories. Yeah, maybe not. And he thinks he's special, as you as you pointed yeah. out. He thinks he's special. He thinks he's well, chosen. It eventually turns out that he's not chosen. In fact, he's a red herring. Um, yeah. He is. Uh, he's there to deflect attention away from the actual uh, person. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. What's what was the next thing I? I about. Uh, you said the women in the resistance are portrayed in a powerful way. Yeah, and you you uh, countered that by yeah. saying yes, but they they're not in it for very long. Yeah, they're just they're just a little bit, aren't they? Which is uh, okay. Which then is you fair, said, yeah. Yeah. then you said I liked Jared Leto's performance. Yes, I did. Um, I I'm not a massive fan of Jared Leto. I think that he's an What's actor who uh, he was in Fight Club. He was in a movie called. Dallas Buyers Club, another movie with club in the title, incidentally. <laughs> um, uh, club Sandwich. He's been in... Oh, he was the Joker in Suicide Squad, which is a performance of his that I detest. Right, I haven't seen that. Um, but he is an actor who always uh, exists within his boundaries. You know, you, he's never pushing himself very hard. And uh, I absolutely got that sense here as well. And But despite that, I liked his performance. I think that it sits well within the film and he brings something to it that is genuinely weird and That's strange. Interesting because I, right from the, the first moment I saw him, I, I felt a bit disappointed. And in retrospect, I just, I just, as I said, I don't see the point. It, it seems out of um, step with the rest of the film, which is very, uh, try trying to be real seeming, you know, yeah. and he just seems made up. Yeah, yeah, that that is a fair criticism. Uh, it certainly does. It's it's not a detriment to the film, though. I don't think. It certainly. I it was. I was blown away by the film, so it can't have ruined it. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's the next one? Okay. Yeah, you think the the Wallace character treats Kay as badly as the female replicants, but yeah. he is a psychopath. Yeah, he is absolutely. Wallace is absolutely a psychopath. And, and then he said, "The mutilation scene is horrible." If it had been a man, would you have felt differently? Yeah, I thought that was a fair a fair question. Um, I think I think uh, in a fair society, I wouldn't. Mm. But in our society, where violence against women is often depicted, uh, sometimes as a piece of fun, yeah. Uh, then I think, in that context, I think it is different. It is, but I don't think it's pro it's projected as fun at all. No, no, I think we, yeah, I think Kathy and I covered that and it. Yeah, okay. We didn't feel it was exploitative. No, I don't think it is either. I think it's really nasty and it mm. illustrates just what a complete psychopath he is. Yeah, and I think the key point for me on that is I think it's okay to depict something like that if it's so important that it's basically the point of your film. Yeah, yeah. And otherwise, I think, well, just write your plot differently. So that you didn't have to depict something. It reminded like me of there's a scene a, a Robert Altman movie called The Long Goodbye, uh, mm -hmm. featuring a very early performance, a very small early performance by Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, in which the bad guy, uh, when he's threatening Philip Marlowe, who's played by Elliot, Elliot Gould, uh, he mutilates one of his um, uh, gangster moles. And says, this is what I do to someone I love. Now, have a think about what I might do to you. Um, and that's a really shocking scene. Mm. Because everybody just looks on impassively, apart from Philip Marlowe, who's incredibly shocked at this happening. And it reminded me of that. It reminded me, mm. of, yeah, this is what I will do to one of my children. Just imagine yeah. what I'm going to do to other people. It's certainly horrible. It's certainly yeah. not portrayed in a way that is... No. Um, uh, anything other than horrific and if it's key to the point of the film mm. then I'm okay with it and I think as I said I think my only problem with that I think it is it is part the point of the film is I, I yeah the the role of women in our society is a key a big part of the point of the film mm. but 
if the baddie is going to be so rubbish, that's going to kind of spoil that for me. Okay. What's the next one? Um, uh, controlling replicant life cycle. We've covered that. Yeah. Uh, agree on Wallace being like a Bond villain. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Tyrell is a benign villain. Oh yeah. So you know Tyrell appears on the surface to be like a friendly uncle, or yeah. you know, um, you know, a, a significant adult who sort of um, is knowledgeable and nice. But actually, he's as much of a psychopath as Wallace is in that, you know, he wants control. He, he um, I suppose... Like a Silicon Valley founder. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And those, I'm you know, such a great guy. Yeah, look at me. I'm such a great guy. I'm going to kill you all. I'm such a great guy. Ruining the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's that... Yeah. Tyrrell has that kind of techie, um, techie psychopath uh, aspect mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Wallace is just out there. You know, it's mm-hmm. all out there. Uh, then you said um, you agree about the ending. It's a bit worrying. Yes. Okay. Uh, so the, you know, the ending of the film the features Kay dying on steps uh, outside in a snowstorm that's been created, a created snowstorm. Which actually, I remember this scene, and I'm already sort of getting shivers just thinking about it because <laughs> the "Wake Up, Time to Die" music plays over the top mm. of it. Oh, does it? Yeah, um, oh, and it's a noble death. It's so beautiful to look at, and yet so mm-hmm. you know we we followed Kay throughout the film, uh, and we've we've got to know him. We we em- we empathise with him in a big way, and you know he's sacrificed himself to save somebody, uh, but Wallace is still alive despite the fact that his his um, big bad replicant has been killed. And presumably he knows where Deckard and Rachel's daughter is. And he's going to go and do something about it. But I, I, I suppose the, the flip side to that is that the Resistance also know where she is and can do something about it to protect her. So There's a lot that's left just open. Though. Yeah, but I like that. You know, there was a, yeah, lot, yeah, left, a yeah. lot left hanging in Blade Runner too. A lot of un- Oh, yeah, yeah. It's questions. not a criticism, but it's yeah. um, interesting given that it... it 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 has music and stuff that implies that this is some kind of settled ending. Yes. Yeah. And it's really not. Oh, it's terrific. Okay, other things he said. Um, some stuff about... We've covered Kill Bill, I think. Yep. You said, yes, Quentin Tarantino is a pre-prebiescent boy. <laughs> he is. Um, and then you said Prevenge is definitely from the protagonist's point of view. Yes, definitely. So there was a question about that. Yeah. Um, I think from Cathy... Know, it's sort of asking the question is it from her viewpoint yeah it absolutely is and also right. from the viewpoint of her unborn fetus yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool yeah uh then you said avengers assemble is essentially a remake of firefly yeah it is yeah which is just so that makes me want to watch it yeah. no i've watched it and I, you know, yeah. I thought it was meh uh then you said agent of shield is meh it is meh yeah i mean kathy was very enthusiastic about it but it's it's one of these American shows that is just too long and rambling. You know, it's mm. like a 23-episode season, and there's t- too much padding for me. I, I can't see the point of the Marvel Universe. I don't get any of it. Right, okay. I've, I've checked out. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then he said, Rogue One is freaking amazing. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and then you suggested, I believe you suggested an alternate tagline uh. for Rogue One. <laughs> Which is which is Rogue One colon they all die. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the end of your nuggets. That was the end of my nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, After that, we started talking about how all CPUs in the world are vulnerable to a oh, massive security. More on that later, I think. Yeah, um, maybe we'll do a thing. But I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that chat with Kathy, even though I'm jealous because you did it. But I'm I still really enjoyed yeah, I it. Apologize. Um, I apologise. I listened to it on the train home today, and I really enjoyed listening to it. I thought that some really quite interesting points were raised. So I hope other people thought that too. Yeah, I hope so. Although not too much. No, not too good. Yeah. I don't want people, you know, sort of writing in saying, "Can we get rid of the other Andy because he's boring?" and have Kathy instead. Yeah. We've um, we've painted ourselves into a corner with the um, podcast name, so I think we're okay. Good, unless yeah, well, unless tomorrow morning I wake up to find that it's been changed. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, I hope you enjoyed something slightly different, listener. Yeah. Um, I have started tweeting people I'd like to interview, um, so please retweet. Retweet our tweets. Yes, uh, from the good from at Good Robot Andy's on Twitter, 
uh, to encourage the people that I ask for interviews to uh, speak to us. Yeah, because, you know, if it comes from one person, it's kind of like, okay, this is some nutter just tweeting me. But if it comes from many people, then it's clearly many people who are many possibly unhinged retweeting something. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the the tech entrepreneurs of Silicon Valley couldn't have put it better. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be coming for us now. <laughs> they know where we live. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Cool. We'll see you next time. Thanks you very much. <laughs> <laughs>